This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello! And welcome to the Money in the Bank preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dadly Boys, Michael Hamplett from What Culture, to look ahead to this weekend's Money in the Bank pay per view. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review Raw and SmackDown, but also NXT, AW Dynamite pay per views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week, complete with a bloody good quiz, of course on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Hamlet to look ahead to this weekend's Money in the Bank pay-per-view. We will, of course, be doing a live stream, myself and Phil Chambers, watching along with the show on Sunday night. Do join us for that, because touch wood, at time of recording at least, we will be back in the office watching this socially distance. Obviously, we'll do all our lateral flow tests and do all the, the stuff that we need to, but Phil and I will be in a room watching it together and don't worry, everyone. The time has come. Bollocks to fans returning. I can do all your impressions as loud as I want because I don't have to wake up the neighbours or my wife. So it's going to be fantastic. <laughs> We're really looking forward to, of course. But, oh, my God, Michael Hamblett, this these stars couldn't have aligned more perfectly. You know about my adoration for this pay-per-view. It is, without doubt, one of my favourite pay-per-views of the year. Fans are back. They're actually going to start trying again. We've made it, <laughs> but we've actually made it through. It's a certainly feel like that, doesn't it? I, uh, it's, it's worth noting at this point, I like just how much you like all of that. Um, but it feels as we're doing the preview podcast, I should tee something up for the review podcast. Uh, it's going to be a funny imbalance of your office excitement. How fit was this the best money in the bank ever? And then I'm still in ASMR mode at home. Uh, yes, it was pretty good. <laughs> right, let's talk. Right, let me just put my headphones on the speakers. Um, yeah. It's there is that feeling, there is that vibe. Um, I'll be watching from home, but I'll be feeling as thrilled as the live crowd now, and indeed yourself and Phil, if this show delivers. It's yeah, this pay per view has already making me think about what is going to be the big post show headline of Money in the Bank 2021. Is it going to be the return of some major star? Is it going to be the tease of a blockbuster main event for SummerSlam? Is it going to be the shock of somebody winning a title or indeed cashing in a briefcase to win a title? Or will it be the WB fumbled like the biggest opportunity they've oh, had in no. years? Like I've got to say that for balance. It's mm. um this show's got every opportunity to succeed, every single opportunity. Uh, the television has mostly been risible as normal in the build-up. And yet, as you sort of go through this card, as we're about to here, 
um, sort of an all right show has come out in the wash from the last month of WWE <laughs> television. And what a time for it to come out in the wash as crowds return. Um, the ratings are sagging. Madison Square Garden isn't selling as well as Arsenal Stadium. Like they're losing the Battle of New York to their nearest competition. Um, it is proof positive when simply watching the show will provide you with proof that WWE has been ineffective with pandemic pro wrestling. And yet, in spite of all that, this card plus this audience plus this vibe is the biggest of free hits for WWE. Mm. The biggest in recent memory of free hits. We are 10 years, Wellborn, removed from that response that CM Punk received in Chicago at Money in the Bank. All WWE needs to do is create a moment that generates half of that, and this show will be a success. That's all they have to do, and there is ample opportunities with which to do it. They switched Hell in a Cell into the old Money in the Bank spot to make this the show that typically generates loud reactions and big surprises. Don't blow it. Don't blow it. We are, we are indeed, we are indeed the teachers who are still supporting the unruly child, despite the fact that he's letting off fire extinguishers and he's throwing chairs and he's setting fire to fellow people's hairs. We're those teachers going, listen, we're still fighting for you in that staff room. And then you <laughs> go and do this. We have to defend you to the head in the staff room and you continue to let us down. This is the opportunity for him to hand his work in and get an A. And we've still got faith. I'm going to do a bit of strategy with you here. What we're going to do is we're going to start with both Money in the Bank matches, okay? Mm-hmm. Then we'll get into all the title matches and what have you. And then at the end, you can reveal if you think there's going to be a cash-in on the night, okay? Okay, all right. Well, that'll keep, keep people listening. Uh, and, and if you mm-hmm. want to mention any, of course, any surprise returns you're anticipating. Oh, just so, there's so much potential. Oh, God. And I also should mention, by the way, I often forget to do this. We are recording this the Thursday before the pay-per-view. So SmackDown has not happened and any news that inevitably is going to break on Friday or Saturday morning, we don't know about, okay? So if we pick someone and then we find out they're out of the match or the the suggestion of who's going to be the final entrant in the woman's Money in the Bank ladder match doesn't come to fruition, then apologies in advance. But nevertheless, I cannot wait for this. And let's start, well, let's start with the women's uh, Money in the Bank ladder match. Uh, And first of all, who you think the eighth entrant is going to be because there's been rumblings that it could be someone we picked months ago to be in this match when she wasn't doing anything in ring. Yeah. Um, Sonia Deville has been a rumoured final entrant in this match and we've spent time on various previews and the like fantasy booking a way that that could be interesting. Instead, it might just be that she slots in at the last minute because they've run short on women. Um, it's, WWE just doesn't book half the time now. It just says stuff. Stuff just happens, you know? So that could well be DeVille's path of entry into this match after her confusing um, back and forth with Liv Morgan. You know, like, ultimately, the hope for this match, if it is DeVille, um, I guess we could maybe throw Aaliyah into the mix. She's mm-hmm. been... It's effectively been presented as a trade with Mandy Rose, so Aaliyah's coming to the main roster. She might land as a surprise entrant. It would be quite a... I guess like an interesting story beat for anybody that watches both shows to be like, she's gone from the gutter to the stars through Robert Stone brand and looking and thinking, sod it, I'm just going to get myself into the biggest and best opportunity. I, d- I don't know. But yeah, DeVille seems like a shout for now, if indeed rumours are p- to be believed. 
it's a bit of intrigue, I guess, and it's good that the intrigue is there for now. Again, if SmackDown's aired and told you who it is, apologies for that. Mm. But this match will hopefully be so much better than the booking that has got it here. Um, Carmella is out because she's in a match with um, Bianca Belair because Bailey got injured, obviously, so that match was just taken off the pay-per-view. But how did Carmella get into Money in the Bank in the first place? Don't know. They rationalised it by saying, oh, well, she's won two matches, so in she goes. But then on Raw, half the field had to win qualifying matches. Mm-hmm. Um, and Edge, who was also in Money in the Bank twice, didn't get put in Money in the Bank. He got put in the title shot. There were no precedents to absolutely anything. Liv Morgan beat Carmella twice, and that didn't qualify for the match. She had to get in when um, Bailey got injured for some reason. That was how that happened for her. Uh, <laughs> Zelina Vega came back. And was mega over for five seconds until she was beaten in a minute and a half by Liv Morgan in a match that also didn't qualify. For, like, chaos. Pure chaos. Alexa Bliss, Asuka, who am I forgetting? Nikki Ash. Like, they won tag matches. Naomi. Tag mm. matches they won on Raw to get into this. Total bollocks. Total chaos. And yet, like, they can all go. It's a great stipulation. The stakes matter. There's a currently, as of writing, a mystery person. And a doll might be in a briefcase. So you just you just got to hope that it'll be all right on the night, I think. Mm. Um, do you want a winner? Yeah, let's have it. Is your thing unplugged? Yeah. Alexa Bliss, mate. Um, she can hypnotise the competition. She could probably, I don't know, make ladders float. Uh, <laughs> or just, or ultimately... Almost after it feels as though her character has kind of been placed on pause and dare I say it turned babyface on Raw, um, this gives it just that final sense of direction heading into the summer. Yeah, I'm inclined to think that she's the out and out favourite for this match, not just because of you know how much WWE booking seems to be behind her, but like you say, her supernatural abilities might give her the edge on someone who thinks she's a bit superhero or. I don't know, like you say, someone who just complained her way into the match as much as I really like Liv Morgan. They've made her just character seem so unbearable. Uh, and Natalia's there as well to make up the numbers, you mm. feel, rather than to go on a thing where she becomes the Kenny Omega of WWE's women's division. <laughs> uh, you know what? If, if you, take, uh, you take Alexa Bliss out of this, which I'm going to. I'm going to try and pick someone else. And it's wide open. Not on the mm. raw side of things. No one else from Raw is going to win this. Asuka's definitely <laughs> Naomi. I love her. She deserves all the, uh, the 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 championships and the credit that there is out there. But I mean, I guarantee Vince on the night will forget that she's in this match. Like she's just there, a bit like Natalia to to make up the numbers. And Nikki Ash, I mean, oh yeah, she's this to feel good. Oh, they pinned her like a week ago on Raw. Yeah, no shot. The SmackDown side of things, Natalia side, obviously. I mean, it's a it's genuine possibility if you if it's not Bliss. I can easily, easily see Liv Morgan doing that. They could have a night. I know they like to go, oh, I'm babyface, one heel or whatever. They could have a night where, a bit like WrestleMania 35, we were both there, where we go, you know what? WWE, you all right. And they give you everything <laughs> you possibly want in amongst that. Zelina Vega was part of her negotiation to come back. All right, we'll try hard with you this time and maybe we'll give you a few wins and maybe even we'll give you the briefcase. And Sonia Deville, 
the the call of the year if we've got that right by the way oh because, yeah i mean obviously if sonia deville is not in this match uh if it's Aaliyah or whatever it's completely understandable we were saying this at the time when we were booking sonia deville in it she should not be in this match unless she wants to be because she had a horrific time of it which led to her obviously stepping away from wrestling for a while which for once wasn't wwe's fault hmm. so who am i gonna pick because we, I want to. We've got Alexa Bliss. We've got that box ticked. Uh, I'm gonna go Sonya Deville. You know, she's probably not gonna be in it. All right, it goes out. But yeah, it actually would work. Like politicking her way into it, and this doesn't mean she has to start wrestling again and losing matches. Maybe they could have a Money in the Bank holder that doesn't just lose week after week after week. She just sits mm-hmm. there and goes, "Yeah, well, I, I just." You know, I, I won this because I just need. We needed someone to make my numbers. It was a bit unfortunate with the whole Carmella thing. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I don't worry. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Oh my surprise! Smash someone. <laughs> We've always, uh, you know, said that she's got the the, the chops to, to be a champion, and she's got the ability in the ring to be a champion. Mm. You know, she might be a bit rusty, but I don't know, man. I just I think there's so much potential there. But I do genuinely think that we could see Liv Morgan holding that briefcase on Sunday night because... I'd WWE, like that. I would yeah, like that. You have a tendency to go, give you crap, give you crap, give you crap, give you crap. All right, here's, here's one, sweetie. All right, more crap, more crap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we, <laughs> we learned that as WWE fans. Let's uh, switch gears uh, to the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. I'll run you through the list at time of recording again. Ricochet, John Morrison, Riddle, Drew McIntyre, Big E, Kevin Owens, Kingsuke Nakamura, and Seth Rollins. Hmm. It's again, I don't want to labor on the headache of how the various wrestlers have arrived in this match. So we'll sort of brush past that a little bit because like, make no mistake, um, the potential quality of this match going through that lineup is outstanding. Hmm. Like this, this has got genuine show stealing potential. Um, not There's least in front of the crowd. In that match is there. There's not, an, a, Def- an, definitely not sudden broke at the moment but there's not like a Baron Corbin there to be like, oh, bollocks, what if this guy wins? Even the heels that are in this match, you'd be like, yeah, okay, I'd be all right with them having the briefcase. Yeah, there's a distinct lack of trolling going on in this lineup. Like, assuming that somebody isn't replaced by the time that you listen to this by somebody on SmackDown or the surprise return of like a megastar, of which I imagine we'll touch on some of the tease names that could appear this weekend. Like, (laughs) this could actually put smiles on faces that aren't ones that are pre-recorded Zoom calls from last August. (laughs) Like, so, like, working through it, Ricochet and John Morrison had a match on Raw that was, like, awesome for the, for the current time we're in and was almost like a teaser of what they'll do to win on Sunday, you know? It was quite smartly booked in this. Look at what they can do and why you should care about them on Sunday. Kevin Owens is just excellent value when he's got, like, toys to play with. Like, he thrives in this, like, weapons-filled environment. Um, Big E and Riddle are just like riding these waves of singles popularity that could just carry them all the way. Um, Drew McIntyre and Seth Rollins have kind of like the, their inclusion in the match. Like it's quite a unique sidestep rather than a backward step, isn't it? It's an attempt to regain that level that they've just lately not been able to reascend to. Shinsuke Nakamura might try. Truly, there is something for everybody. <laughs> like in this match, it just feels loaded. And like and loaded by design, loaded with a crowd in mind. Like I, I feel like this is going to come up a lot on this podcast, but WWE didn't just want to sell tickets for money in the bank. They wanted to sell tickets for every other show with money in the bank. 
this needs to be this sort of visceral experience that goes travels through the screen in such a way that you watch it and think, I need to be part of that. I need to imagine like watching um, one of the games in the Euros through a clip on Twitter or through the TV coverage and thinking, wow, you can actually attend these things again. I'm going to move heaven and earth to travel to a venue or buy a ticket or whatever. WWE are going to want to achieve that with money in the bank. A banger is going to, like, that plays to a, like, euphoric crowd mm-hmm. is going to help shift some of them tickets. And my gut feeling is, so will the right result. So just go with the ultimate crowd pleaser and give it to your best friend and mine, Biggie. Oh, we, we are aligned for very different reasons, but we are aligned <laughs> our picks for this match. I've been campaigning for Sammy Zayn, and at time of recording, he still could get in. There's still a chance. <laughs> someone could trip over and, uh, and it's not happening, is it, Adam? Just just accept it. Sorry. But do you know the whole way I've got this? Genuinely, and I've talked about this for the last few weeks, it's a process of elimination. Like uh Ricochet and John Morrison, uh dripstick stuff for taking them out of this match. <laughs> Riddle. Well, I can tell you one return that may well happen on Sunday night to cost him the match is the man who I think thinks is dead right now. Mm-hmm. But yeah. <laughs> who knows? Uh, Randy Orton. Uh, Drew McIntyre has done far too much stuff to Jinder Mahal's motorbike to win this match. <laughs> Kevin Owens. Yeah, Sami Zayn stuff. Fight forever, I suppose. Kingsuke Nakamura. Mm-hmm. Sad Baron Corbin. Seth Rollins. Well, he can't win because him and Edge are fine at SummerSlam, so we're not having a briefcase mm-hmm. surrounded by that. So that just leaves Big E. And I, I sense probably, I mean, you with me on this, that the main event is going to be Roman Reigns versus Edge because it's, well, it's Roman Reigns versus Edge. But if not yeah. that, or if you want to do a big, like you say, crowd-pleasing end to the show, why not this? No, I mean, it's. I think, I think you're right. I think it's going to be Roman Reigns and Edge. But yes, Imagine this show just being nice. WWE isn't the nice company. It's never the babyface in any conversation. But you have your first pay-per-view back, your first network special back with a crowd, and you send them home happy. And not just like, oh, well, like Roman Reigns won, so like the good guys lost again, but I've had a nice time. That kind of like that forced fun feeling as you walk out the gate is just actual euphoria. Just fans throwing the kids up in the air, cheering at a great wrestler winning a match and winning something that matters. Yeah, uh, like I'd love it if this closed the show. Um, I don't know what they'll do. Like, I don't really like it when Money in the Bank's closed the show because I like the threat lingering mm. over the main event. Even when it rarely, like, I can think of a handful. Like, the one that springs to mind is um, Dean Ambrose, of course. So Seth Rollins beats Roman Reigns and then Dean Ambrose immediately cashes in. But I just like, in general, when a Money in the Bank match has happened, so you know that the briefcase is in hand and mm. champions are going out there like with that added risk. I think that's just quite a nice wrinkle to the match, even if they don't need to touch it. Um, but it'd be if it is Big E, there's a, like, a good rationale for that being the, the last thing that anybody sees is him holding the briefcase aloft. Yeah, for me, if, if this doesn't close the show, I'd probably have that match open it. Wait a minute. Michael Cole can even say... Never mind money in the bank. It's Biggie in the bank. We're back. We're, we're back to the universe. Join us tomorrow where we'll ruin all this. And then the show goes off the air. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Right, let's run through uh, some of the other title matches on this show before we get to Prize returns or any uh, any um, cash-ins on the night. Eat your vegetables, Hamflot. Let's talk about the never-ending feud that is Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair. I could not care less about this match. Oh, God. Just please like let this be the end of whatever this is. I don't think we can call it a feud or a storyline or a rivalry. We can't apply those synonyms because it's none of those things. It's the worst thing of this year. Um, it's dragged on so long that people are going to have to pay to see it blown off. How has that happened? <laughs> like this fucking thing with no finishes and with beat the clocks and with DQs. Um, like, let's just remember that they put this match on the final ever um, Thunderdome pay per view and had to create the noise, confused Dot Wav for <laughs> when the names were being announced because even they didn't know who were the good, good or bad guys anymore. Do you remember that noise? It was neither a cheer or a boo, and they controlled the sound. Like, <laughs> Like it's somehow really, sound effects board. Yeah, just made it that thing. Like nobody knows what to think of any of these, and we don't want to tell them. So they're going to get the real life version of that. It's ridiculous that these caveats and qualifiers need to be applied to a match between Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair, but we've said that a million times. It's an indictment to WWE, but everything's an indictment to WWE because there's 10 indictments per week, every single week. Um, nothing about this is clear. The heel baby face divide, the motivations, the reasons. Um, Ripley has never really sold the Charlotte Flair's victory over last year derailed her entire year um, Charlotte Flair didn't even sell that injury that she st- right let's just do that one again because that was the most egregious Charlotte Flair came out 
faking that she was doing a bit of an edge. I'm going to have to go away, guys. I don't know if I'm going to be able ever to wrestle again. Knowing that Rhea Ripley would come out with a crutch to attack her, hmm. because when they had a crutch fight, it turned out that Charlotte Flair was fine. And it was like both of them were doing, this is the real quiz, this is the real quiz, this is the real quiz. <laughs> Charlotte Flair had to assume that Rhea Ripley was going to interrupt her to even bother coming out to do the... Like, what if Rhea Ripley hadn't interrupted? Would Charlotte Flair have to do a fake retirement speech and then right at the very end go, oh, actually, I'm fine, I'll see the pay-per-view. <laughs> like, like Mo in that like beauty contest where he just walks in and then straight back off the stage. <laughs> she just walks in the thunder and then back out again. Like she needed to interrupt her for any of that segment. I hate this thing, man. Yeah. And you know what? Because I hate it, because you hate it, and because WWE hates us, I'm going with Charlotte Flair to win. Oh, no. Crowds are back, and they put the fucking belt back on her. And the story going into a SummerSlam rematch is, our crowds came back, and you couldn't handle the pressure, could you, Rhea Ripley? You had a <clears throat> nightmare, didn't you? Oh. See you at SummerSlam. I mean... There is a tiny part of me, it's a part of me that I hate, but there's a tiny part of me that's like, well, maybe if they put the title on Charlotte Flair, maybe they'll then do the story they should have done for the moment Rhea Ripley won the title at WrestleMania. 70,000 people with Rhea Ripley there. Can she actually handle the pressure this time with Charlotte Flair, etc.? I think they're putting the belt on Charlotte Flair. You, you've convinced I think this isn't over. You've bloody convinced me, you know. Oh, this is not the end. This isn't the end, is it? Yeah. Like, you know, last year, you know, last year was like, you'll never see it coming. This year, it's like, you've seen it coming 50 times and you're sick of it. SummerSlam. See it again, but with fans. <laughs> uh, AJ Styles and Omos, Viking Raiders, Raw Tag Team Championships. Uh, presumably, this was obviously going to be on Monday Night Raw, the Raw after uh, Money in the Bank. Presumably, this has been hoied on to replace Bailey and Bianca Belair, you would assume, because obviously... Bianca Belair, well, by the time this is recorded, will have either defended or lost to the SmackDown Women's Championship mm. to Carmella on SmackDown last night. Yeah, um, it's it's a funny one, this one. So it's like this whole thing has been so milquetoast that I'm loath to say it's been super creative. And yet, and I think we actually discussed this on another podcast, it's quite a nice pairing. Um, it doesn't feel like since WrestleMania... AJ Styles and Omos have really been part of this tag division. I know they've been on Raw every week. I know we've talked about the things they've done. I've watched them. Well, they were there really three like weeks the... after WrestleMania, just to clarify. Oh, yeah, they took virtually a month off. Yeah, so, yeah. Maybe that's part of it. I just don't feel like they've yet really even started as tag team champions until this feud came along. And that's why I've given it a pass. It's not a particularly effective feud. Like, they did that thing this week where, like, AJ couldn't handle one, but Omos had no bother with the other. And that's reminding you how this team works. Like, why the Viking Raiders can win, but also why they can very quickly lose. See what I mean? Like, it's not bad. Mm. It's just not terribly thrilling. It's 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 functional. And the bar is so low for WWE that you're like, oh, well done. You've arrived at a functional tag team title match when you completely decimate the division otherwise. Yeah. Like, and that's, like, that's the thing. AJ and Omos sort of have to win. Um, because there is no other division to speak of. And if they lose now, like, where do the Viking Raiders go? But then who else have you got left to challenge AJ and Omos? Well, perhaps RK Bro. But then, yeah. as you pointed out, maybe, maybe there's a maybe there's a twist there in the Money in the Bank match, so whether or not they're even going to be together after the show. But yeah, you go with it, AJ and Omos, and you hope that they can keep working on the chemistry so this is broadly entertaining. I, I just, it's not very interesting, but it's also not bad. Yeah. 
I think I think you know uh, I always forget which one's which. Hansen from from the War Raiders, basically, uh, will do something spectacular on the night that gets a huge pop from the crowd. But then almost is going to do something bonkers with him, throwing mm. him somewhere, or you know some insane feat of strength, or just something big. I suppose is the best way of putting it. But yeah, AJ Styles and Omos aren't dropping the titles yet. They're retaining them. And I know I booked uh, Riddle to have some sort of Orton uh, thing to cost him the match. But he's an idiot, so why not just reform them as a tag team? <laughs> Bollocks to it. Um, and have them go after the tag titles and maybe switch the tag titles as SummerSlam. But the SummerSlam card I'm drawing up in my head is one of the biggest SummerSlam cards I can think of in recent memory which we'll get to in due course. And let's talk about the WWE Championship match. I thought the build to this on Raw was actually really, really good of the story of Bobby Ashley taking his eye off the ball, enjoying being champion far too much, too much of the bullshit in his words. He's now serious. He's focused on Kofi Kingston, but is it all too late, Michael Hamlet? Can Kofi Kingston beat Bobby Ashley just like Xavier Woods did on Monday night? No, but I really can't wait to watch him try. Um, yeah. Totally, totally agree with you. Bobby Lashley wants to pulverise Kofi Kingston. And to be honest, good on him for having a bit of fire in his belly again. It's added a nice um, wrinkle, an additional wrinkle to this match, of which there are plenty. This programme's been pretty great, man. Like, honestly, um, Lashley started feuding with Kofi Kingston before he was finished with Drew McIntyre. This has existed in a way that feels real. Like, Lashley had bother with the New Day when he also had another bit. Imagine two things happening at once in the life of a WWE wrestler. Quite the amazing feat. Um, so yeah, he got through Hell in a Cell, where he kept his title against Drew McIntyre, um, knowing that at some point he'd have to kind of, you know, like scratch that Kofi Kingston itch that was in there before the Drew McIntyre win. How does he do that? Well, he brutalizes Xavier Woods in a cell, but it's not quite the same, is it? And then when he tries to do it again, he comes undone. He comes unglued. Xavier Woods shows yet again that Bobby Lashley has weaknesses. He has he can be beaten, ultimately, no matter how strong and almighty and amazing he is, he can be beaten. And that's all they've needed to do. Um, you know, even, and I'm not sure how much of this was by design, but, like, I want to give them a little bit of credit. Um, Bobby Lashley, as this kind of, like, daft, arrogant champion... With Lashley's ladies. Mm. Like, the reason for that to be was almost paid off by Lashley in the end segment of Raw. Mm. If you don't put that in place, you can't then rip it away, can you? So it's almost like the reason for four or five weeks of all that silliness was so that Lashley can be like, right, the only reason I was losing any of these matches was the silliness. Mm. This is back now, and you're on borrowed time. They've done a tremendous job of making you think that Kofi Kingston is going to get Brock Lesnar on Sunday. And he's not, but the drama's going to be in that. Like, we've seen Kofi fall pretty short against very, very serious, angry men. And he's not going to take a beating quite like that, but he's going to take a pretty hefty beating. And then they're going to give you one hope spot or something like that. I just really, really like the dynamic. I really like the story. I really like, I really like how the angle feels like it's peaked at just the right time. I love that it's going to be done afterwards. I don't get any sense that... You know, like the hostilities will continue after Money in the Bank and everybody will move off in different directions because it actually feels rewarding when stuff is final. And yes, Bobby Lashley to retain, but kudos to them for all of this. Yeah. Really, really impressed with everybody involved. 
Yeah, it's very rare that we heat praise on a, uh, on Monday Night Raw and particularly on a storyline on Monday Night Raw. But I think they've been phenomenal with the way that they built this uh, over a month, you know, and they've got what just over a month now till SummerSlam. So it's genuinely be hard to, to, to screw this up. I agree. Bobby Lashley retains for me. Uh, I think it will be a really enjoyable match, like you say, with informed by Xavier Woods' uh, victory on Monday night. And there is going to be a, yeah, like you say, there's going to be a pinfall in there. At some point, he's going to hit a trouble in paradise or something along those lines. And you're going to think, oh my God, this is it. Now, I will say, we get a lot of Twitter questions. I love them. I appreciate them every single day uh, when we get them for the news. But there's been two awful bits of booking suggested, or not even suggested, just 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 sort of postulated. Number one, <laughs> the fiend costs Alexa Bliss the money in the bank briefcase. <laughs> Great. Number two, not to jump ahead, Big E cashes in on Kofi Kingston. That should never happen oh. ever. Okay, so I'm just going to rule that out right now because oh, don't don't even don't break my heart that way. What is going to happen in my booking? and I'll get to the, the SmackDown side of things in due course, it's Bobby Lashley wins, retains. Nothing happens on the night. Get your thoughts in a sec. And then on Monday, he says, you know what? I'm feeling pretty good about myself. I'm going to put the title on the line again against anyone who fancies it. And Xavier Woods answers the call. And he says, you know what? Fair enough. You and me, let's have it out. All right. MVP. You know, I get called on a lot of these shenanigans and what have you. Or if we're going to have a big, maybe they don't have another title defense, but they have a cell, a champion. They suggest having a championship celebration. And he, he says, regardless, whether it's a match or a, a, you know, just a chat with the champ, he says, you know, what, MVP, you know, I love you, but you stay backstage because I don't want, you know, I don't want to, don't want any more of this bullshit. And MVP's going to get murdered by Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar's showing up on Monday Night Raw. And yeah. Yeah, he's going to eat the cane in one. Uh, oh. <laughs> that's what's going to happen. And his amazing, cool little chain that he's got. Oh, that's what's going to happen. And oh, we're going to get it because I'm booking SummerSlam to be the biggest bloody show. But I'll get to your thoughts on surprises and, and cash-ins in due course. Let's conclude talking about the matches on Sunday and the Universal Championship match, which we suspect may well main event. Roman mm. Reigns versus Edge one on one yeah it's like a blinder of a match to like whip out of nowhere for sure we've discussed like how much of this year's money in the bank is a b show rather than an a show it's simultaneously money in the bank has got to feel massive and yet also got to feel like the show before the show this is money in the bank and also fast lane isn't it mm. because SummerSlam is 70,000 seat uh, wrestlemania sized it's on the horizon um and yeah edge being this like post-WrestleMania babyface was really quite shrewd. Like, they put Roman, like, all the way over at WrestleMania. Like, there was a lot of thought that Daniel Bryan was asserted in the match, A, to either win the title by beating Edge and not Roman, or B, take the fall so that Roman doesn't beat Edge. And WWE did neither. He stacked them both up. And we talked about this on a couple of SmackDown podcasts. Good, do that. And Mm. if you must go back to Edge... Be creative and think of a way that Edge can talk himself into this title shot. And he did it. He had sort of, he explained quite eloquently, in my opinion, a reason why he lost his head before WrestleMania. 
and he allowed Daniel Bryan's inclusion to kind of get in the way of his singles opportunity. A singles opportunity that he believes, if all things were equal, he would have won. And he's produced a singular bit of evidence in the form of the chair thing as rationale for his belief. Fine. I don't need the apex of wrestling storyline to sell me on one single match. Mm. I just need a babyface to believe that he is justified in the decisions that he makes and to then show it off in the form of toughness, which is what we've had from Edge ever since. He's braved tackling Roman Reigns and he's there. Reigns is the one backing off from him. He's had no problem taking out the Usos. Love, 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 love the inclusion of the Mysterios making mm. their return as, as people to fight off the Usos because it creates the idea on Sunday that, oh, if the Usos are anywhere near, Edge has got his own backup. So one-on-one is exactly what you're going to get. You might get interference at various points, but X and Y are going to be chased off. So nothing to worry about now. You know, like on we go with the singles match. One man is going to win and emerge victorious on their own steam. Um, We're recording this before SmackDown where you're going to get the six-man tag. So for all we know, they could be written off before Sunday. Um, The status of Jimmy Uso remains up in the air because of obviously last week's SmackDown was, if I'm not mistaken... Was it taped before the story came out about his latest DUI? Quite possibly, yeah. I, I'm not sure about the timeline of that, so we don't know about the maybe maybe the Usos presently and or Jimmy at least is not long for this this run. Um, ultimately, what that has done is in the last month where you needed to before SummerSlam, just created and I'm talking one percent. That's as generous as I can be, but it's just created one percent of doubt in a Roman Reigns title match, and I didn't think they had that in them. Like I was bang up for Rey Mysterio at Hell in a Cell like the great lost fantasy booking arc that we came up with before they decided to put the match on Friday instead of Sunday. Um, <laughs> but I was never in doubt who was going to win. I'm not really in doubt here, but they've done enough to like have you bite in probably on one false finish. And it's yeah. on a B show before this WrestleMania size SummerSlam. And I have to credit them again. Like, I think this is a pretty good, it's not perfect. The Roman Reigns character isn't perfect. SmackDown isn't milk and honey. Edge is still a bit boring, but it's, I think it's better than the WrestleMania build. I think I find myself more into this from a point of anticipation than I was the triple threat. And that triple threat delivered hugely. So who's to say this won't go down well as well? Think of the pop edge got from a social distance WrestleMania crowd and the reaction he's going to get on Sunday. Oh, the roof's going to come off the place. It's going to be absolutely bonkers, Mm. this. Uh, Unfortunately, he isn't winning the title in my booking either. Roman Reigns retains the Universal Championship, quite possibly... Via shenanigans, I think we don't know obviously what's going on with the Usos and the Mysterious, but I think they're going to take each other out of the match either prior to the show or on the show themselves. Roman versus Edge, one on one, and yeah, whoever that referee is, you're eating them in spear, mate. You're getting speared out of your sodding referee, <laughs> and then we're having the chair spot and the visual submission and the panic on Paul Heyman when Edge is there on. I mean, sort of close to all fours effectively doing that spot really good spot to hit someone with a curb stomp that isn't it and i think seth mm. rollins costs edge or he doesn't whatever edge gets a visual victory and then roman beats him regardless one two three and i'm going to jump ahead to my bit of booking here seth rollins is stood on the ramp <laughs> thinking <laughs> edge and i'm next in line roman's going to be looking at him they're going to cut to Seth Rollins and then Michael Cole or Pat McAfee, mate, give it in because it's like Pat McAfee. He's going to scream, get the cameras back in the ring because John Cena's going to be there. He's going to, hey, hey, Roman Reigns. And then we're getting that match at SummerSlam and I'm going to rip my cock off on the stream. 
yet again, I'm very, very excited for me whispering my thoughts on the other half of this podcast specifically. I cannot wait, man. I am. Um, I, 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 I did think about the Seth Rollins thing myself. Um, you've pitched a far more fun conclusion to the whole show there. I can't top that. But I did, the spot I thought about was similarly to you, Roman and Edge both virtually out. Roman especially. Like not being necessarily dragged on for the cover, but being pretty much knocked out when Seth comes in to make the save. And I quite like the idea of Seth, like Roman's as good as flat out and Seth doing the shield bump, fist bump with a virtually unconscious Roman. Just in that kind of like, we're still brothers, right? You know, like, uh, you know why I'm doing this? And like, he just has to pick Roman's lifeless arm up to do the fist bump. And then he walks out like He's his gloved hand. Glove on. The one with the gold glove on, gotta be. The gloved hand, yeah. Um, just that like, as a, as a nice little touch. Yeah, Seth gets involved on Money in the Bank. Look, Seth and Edge are both really intrinsically linked to the Money in the Bank show as well. It's a nice show for this kind of thing to happen. It's a nice setup for, uh, for SummerSlam. And they've done the work again. Like, they didn't have to put that. We we all saw this a million miles off, and they still put that segment in on last week's SmackDown, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Like, Edge remembers. Edge remembers. Seth is nervous because Edge remembers. Fine. Well done. Thank you. You have got pain punters in, and you actually want to give them value for money. God damn it. I didn't think you still had it in yet. We've been talking about you in the staff room. <laughs> uh, right, let's conclude by discussing any potential cash-ins on the night or surprise returns. I've booked one, two... Maybe even three. Who bloody knows? But I've already booked about four matches with the SummerSlam card off the back of this. What do you reckon, Hamplet? So I, based on my predictions of who's going to win the cases, um, or indeed even if it's not them, looking at the field of other potential winners, I like. I don't think a cash in looks right for the layout of the wrestlers, particularly. But um, you'd say in our preview to this months ago. It's mm. very WWE when they've got fans back to, well. It would generate a monster reaction. And I just wonder how much that's going to gnaw at them. It, and I mean a monster reaction. Not just, like, if you go to a WWE show where there's titles on the line, you have the potential to be in a live crowd for seeing a belt change hands. And that's kind of got like a timeless quality to it. I was in Chicago, as many people remember, for the Survivor Series weekend, because I never stopped talking about it. And <laughs> I was pretty knackered. Like, we were pretty knackered going to Monday Night Raw. Um, and it wasn't a great show and it was like the town was pretty tired at this point because we like popped ourselves daft to take over in the Survivor Series and then like Rey Mysterio won the United States title and it like it kind of sucked me in I was <laughs> like the belt means now Rey this means now really but like go on Rey go on good lad and then Dominic put him on his shoulders and I was like Here we fucking go. and it never happened <laughs> but like like some, there is something about that. There's a magic. It's yours. It's your moment. That belt changed hands, and you were there for it. So uh, somewhere on this card, titles have got to change hands, and we're not exactly apart from Charlotte of all people. We're not exactly predicting a raft of them. So like maybe you know maybe for the monster reaction maybe, um, but much like your Cena interjection, I'm more keen if you're going to get something as a I was there moment for it to be for the return of a, of a major name. And is it, it's, it's not a coincidence, is it, Will Bond, that like right as WWE find themselves ready back in the road, the stars, very literally in this case, are aligning in a way which we haven't seen in such a long time. It's not so much they're aligning. It's like they've pretty much formed an orderly queue. The second WWE started flogging tickets again, all of a sudden, like just look at what culture's front page, right? 
John Cena's back on July 23rd. We've pretty much got a date. Becky Lynch has posted another gym selfie. Sasha Banks is celebrating an award and saying, round two, Brock Lesnar's chainsaw and meat with a man bun. Like, <laughs> how is it all of these people are suddenly here at the same time? The second that this company's back on the road, after a year of taping in the desolate wasteland of the Performance Centre of the Thunderdome, it's pretty neat and tidy, that, isn't it? So I, one of them, at a minimum, back on the night, I think at least, um... You could, I mean, I could pitch countless things. You've given a brilliant John Cena pitch for a start, so we'll take that one as red. You've given a brilliant Brock Lesnar pitch, so we'll take that one as red. Sasha Banks could uh, interfere with um, Bianca Belair, let's say, doing guest commentary for the Women's Money in the Bank. Imagine the Women's Money in the Bank winner is holding up the briefcase and she looks down at the table and there's a, say, even if it's Alexa Bliss, looks down at, like, uh, Bianca Belair and it's like, oh, could be you, could be you. And then Sasha Banks' music hits and she appears on the ramp and all of a sudden Bianca Belair's world is turning in on her because of all these challenges. What could come next to SummerSlam? Blah, 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 blah. And then later on, like, Charlotte Flair is leaving like, he's trying to sort of leave the venue because she's got this Raw Women's title, ill-gotten perhaps against Rhea Ripley, and she runs into the man. And there's not even any words exchanged between them. These career rivals, like, she's just done an interview with whoever, and she says, huh, Rhea Ripley wants to get a rematch. She's going to get us to the back of the line. I'm bored with her. And I'm looking on this roster, and I can't see anybody. And then Becky Lynch is the one to appear, just in a face-off backstage. Join us on Raw to see where this goes. Oh, my days. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if they did, went and did something like that? The scenes that we would get, it would be unbelievable. I, I mean, like you say, there's so much... England fans will relate to this very much so, but it, it is the hope that kills you, isn't it? That's the problem. Mm -hmm. But my prediction, finally, just to conclude here, I join us on Sunday because it is it's going to be a momentous night regardless. What what culture wrestling on YouTube, of course. It's it's coming home, mate. It's being what, live streamed yeah, in the studio. It's coming home. But what what if, Michael Hamplet, we don't get any of those things? Would you trade all that for Charlotte Flair about to leave? She's she's the queen. And what's the queen traveling? She travels in a limo, of course, doesn't she? And the show's going off the air. Thanks very much for coming, everyone. See you later. We're backstage. He got the little signature in the corner. She gets up to a limo. It's like, there you go, Rhea Ripley. There's your final lesson for you. Opens the door of the limo. And who is sat in there, Michael Hamplet? But the one, the only. <laughs> and that is where we'll leave you today. Let us know your thoughts. God damn it, I honestly thought you were going to say, and then the limo explodes. <laughs> I thought, this, is, this has gone dark for the return of the live crowd. At What Culture WWE, go bonkers with your predictions for Sunday night. Mm. We are. Uh, follow us both on Twitter as well. You can follow Michael Hamflit at Michael Hamflit. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. As I said, follow us all at What Culture WWE. Make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, including, as Hamflit has alluded to, our review of Money in the Bank after the show on Sunday night and all the fallout from it going forward. And make sure you join myself and Phil Chambers for our live stream. Live from the office! We're finally getting back together on Sunday night on What Culture Wrestling's YouTube channel. But this has been the Money in the Bank preview. My thanks to Michael Hamlet. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Want truly hydrated skin? Medocia's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.